Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. More of your calls a little bit later this hour. Joining us now, as promised, a guy who's been all over the place. I saw him at the ESPN College Football Awards. Not in person. I was just watching on TV. He was there in person, chatting with Tom Rinaldi and others as national awards were handed out. I saw in the headlines that he signed a one-year contract extension through 2024 to remain the leader of the North Carolina football Tar Heels. We, of course, know that he leads. He is leading those heels to another bowl game. It'll be the Military Bowl on December 27th against Temple. And I believe he just went through Carolina's football banquet. That's a busy guy. Mac Brown, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm doing great, David. How are you? I'm doing really well. Before we dive into some of the things I mentioned, I am so glad that you defended bowl games recently by reminding the people who say there are too many bowl games, hey, whatever you think of the little bowls, there are some young men who either truly have nowhere to go for the holidays or little to nothing on under the Christmas tree when they get home. Can you paint that picture a little more for us as somebody who's been around a lot of 18 to 22-year-olds over the years? David, I can. We, uh, Sally and I were actually talking to a young man on our team at Texas, and we were playing a bowl game after Christmas, and he came back, and Sally said, what did you get for Christmas? And he started crying and saying, Miss Sally, I didn't get anything for Christmas. In fact, I had to give my bowl gifts to my younger brothers and sisters mm. so they would have a Christmas. And I wrapped them up and, and gave them to them on Christmas Day. So what we forget, David, is uh, not everybody is as fortunate as, as some of us are. Uh, they don't get to eat very well on Christmas. Some may not be warm at Christmas. Uh, they don't have great places to stay. Uh, but they sure don't get uh, lavish gifts. And these young men will have a, a wonderful trip. Um, we'll, we'll stay in a great hotel. It'll be an educational trip for them because many haven't been to D.C. and they'll get to see a lot of the different monuments and and uh, the White House and uh, different things that, that they can experience. And, and they'll be with their teammates for another week. And then we'll have a wonderful Christmas uh, on Christmas. We'll practice Chris, Christmas morning. But we will we'll sing carols. I've got a little story that I read them. Uh, we'll have them have some entertainment. Uh, and then we save gifts for them because they get a different gift from the bowl uh, each day when they get there. Oh, cool. So we actually save those and, and put them out each day. So it's a, it's a wonderful experience for these guys. So for people to sit and say a 6-6 six and six team shouldn't go or even these 5-7 and seven teams shouldn't go, it, it's about much more than that. It's Me about young yep. people, uh, and it's about experiences that they might not have. And um, – uh, and being safe and, and having a wonderful time at Christmas. Mac Brown joining us on the David Glenn Show. You can follow Coach on Twitter at Coach Mac Brown. Tar Heels against Temple on December 27th. Of course, that game will be nationally televised on ESPN. Uh, you were on the ESPN award shows. I saw you with Tom Rinaldi and otherwise. You have built a pretty cool social media presence. Can you describe to us, Coach, it can't hurt in recruiting that, you know, you're making a bowl for starters, but that you are tapping into those ESPN relationships from your broadcasting career and you have this prominent place. Uh, I, I know Twitter wasn't around in 1988 as you were, you know, sort of the uh, user-friendly, media-friendly, fan-friendly personality back then. But how drastic has the change been in this part of your job description as a CEO, just making sure you, your face is out there as much as possible in the information age? 
David, it, it's really changed, and, and you've got to be part of it if you're going to stay relevant. And one thing that I've really noticed since I've gotten back into coaching is that my face being on TV for the last five years, hmm. kids watched it. Yeah. And, and so they knew who I was. And when I'm in the home, the family say, God, I loved you on TV. And uh, so there are a lot of things that happened over the last five years that, that kept me relevant, not only with the game, but, but in the media. And that's why anytime ESPN wants me on, I'm going on because there's a message to be told. And I love college football, and I want to tell the message. And also, I think it helps us. There was a contract extension announced this weekend through 2024. Uh, I'm sure you occasionally get questions about your age, but you don't put a number on this, right, Coach? This was just more of a formality, uh, the one-year contract extension. You don't really have a ceiling on what you and Sally are going to do in round two here in Chapel Hill, do you? David, we do not. We're planning on coaching as long as as we're doing a good job, and and that's important to me for, for North Carolina. I want us to be getting better all the time. I want us to be relevant. I want us to be back a, a national program again. And what I, I, Bubba and I and, and Kevin Gustowitz, our new chancellor, talked about is we'll just roll it over every year. And, and that way I'll, I'll stay five years ahead of it because it's, it's really interesting that in our first year in recruiting, people have felt like they've already start, got to start beating us up on my age. Uh-huh. Because they, they can't beat us up on anything else. So <laughs> I thought it was funny when I go in and kids are saying, well, so-and-so just left, and they said you weren't going to be coaching long. And I said, what a great compliment. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They're worried about how long I'm going to coach. I said, this is my first year. Don't start talking about my last year. Mac Brown is joining us on the David Glenn Show. I actually contribute nowadays, among other places, to the athletic website. And one of my colleagues just this morning posted an article describing your current recruiting class with the Tar Heels as, quote, the best in at least a decade in Chapel Hill. Now, I want to remind listeners, Coach Brown is not allowed to talk about specific recruits because signing day is not until Wednesday. And the last thing I want to do with a man I've known for three decades is get him in trouble with the NCAA. So speaking generally, of course, Coach, you can tell us starting Wednesday, I guess, you can tell us as much as you want about the individual signees. But speaking generally, what that's a big statement. You know, you, you made your mark as a recruiter in the 1980s and 90s in Chapel Hill. And it sounds like you're pulling it off uh, again here in 2019. David, we are. The, the reception that we've gotten from high school coaches, uh, from families, has just been unbelievable. And I think part of it is, is the fact that I was on TV for those five years. Yeah. And there was a certain excitement coming back because people didn't think I'd coach again. I wasn't sure I'd coach again. But secondly, then our fans bought all of the season tickets. And they, they filled the stadium every week. And we were only – one of eight teams in America that sold out every ball game. So that's really cool because that was a question mark. And then we, we won the first two games with South Carolina and Miami, and, and people understood that, that we were going to be good and, and have a chance. And we got some injuries, and we stepped back, but we had a chance to beat Clemson. We, we were in some of the closest games all year. So there's a tremendous amount of excitement surrounding the future of our program. And, and, and it's like I told Woody Durham, David, a long time ago, it's not if, it's when. And um, we want it to be as fast as we can, but um, we're, we're planning on signing 25 guys on, on Wednesday. Um, usually if you have a surprise on Wednesday, it's a bad one, not a good one. Mm. So I hope we don't have bad surprises on Wednesday. 
Uh, but right now we feel very good going into, into Wednesday about our class. Speaking of surprises, roster management is trickier for you and everybody else in 2019, I think, than it was when you got started in this crazy industry. I think you gave Carolina fans an update earlier today uh, specifying, you know, underclassmen in the NFL, uh, you know, so share whatever update you can there. And then you mentioned, I believe, with the media, you know, the, the transfer portal and, and grad transfers. And, heck, you know, Joe Burrow just won the Heisman Trophy at LSU uh, after transferring in from Ohio State. It, it just feels like there's more moving parts for you than ever before in that regard. David, there, there really are. Just think, Joe was a third-team quarterback at, at Ohio State, and three of the four quarterbacks in the playoff are transferred. Yeah. So it's it's really a different time. And, and, and the transfer rule was really for a guy like Joe Burrow, who wasn't playing and, and graduated and had a couple of years left, and it gave him an opportunity to play. And when he got that opportunity, he, he sure made it work. But those guys at Ohio State are really good, too. So – you, you can't be critical of, of Urban or Ryan Day uh, because it's worked for them as well. Uh, so, yes, we, you have to look at your juniors to, to see if, if any of your juniors want to come out early uh, for the NFL draft. And our, our juniors right now have assured us that their staying could change yeah. if their status changes. But as of right now, they're planning on staying. Secondly, now, you we're, we're in a transition of, of the first year, really. It's, we've been here for a year now. There will be some young guys that don't like me or, or don't like what we're doing on offense or defense or would like to play more. Yeah. So so they'll transfer. And I, I th there's over, I think it's 2,500 guys in the transfer portal already. Wow. Uh, just at the end of the season. So it, it's new. I, I, it's good for some young people. I don't like it that uh, for guys that are second teamers that don't want to compete, they get mad at the coach, they just want to leave. Um, so we're, we're probably not uh, sending a great message with the transfer portal because it's getting so full so fast, uh, but it's here, and it's real, and it's something all of us are going to have to deal with unless the NCAA changes the rule. Mac Brown's with us on the David Glenn Show on Twitter at Coach Mac Brown. National Signing Day is Wednesday, December 27th, is the Tar Heels Military, military Bowl matchup against the Temple Owls. Uh, you know and have discussed with us and others in the past about the importance of these bowl practices, right? Best I can remember, Coach, if we went all the way back to, like, your early 90s Carolina teams, all the way through 2019, I can only think of one team at Texas that did not play in a bowl game. So how do you put into words the importance of these practices that some ACC teams, of course, are not getting because they're not in the bowls, uh, that that you've had every single year for virtually three decades with maybe one exception while you were with the Texas Longhorns one year? David, it's like the high school teams that do not get to go to the playoffs. Mm. The ones that go to the playoffs keep practicing and keep working, and, and you win a state championship, you get a lot more practice than the ones that didn't get there. For us, we'll have 10 practices before this bowl game. In spring practice, you'll have 15 total and you can only have 12 in pads. So we'll have 10 in pads. We'll have a spring practice with six good padded practices here in Chapel Hill before we get to D.C., and then we'll work more on Temple when we get to D.C. But uh, it, it will give us uh, 10 practice sessions for our young guys that we would not have had before. And it, it gives them such a head start going into spring practice. So, uh, and, and it's what makes the good get better. 
I mean, it, it's just uh, it never changes. The more practice you get, uh, the better you are. So it's it's really a positive moving forward. Last thing for you, Coach. I believe you all call it the senior banquet that you have at the end of a season at Carolina. I thought I saw legendary defensive end Greg Ellis over there at some point. But given that the seniors were a big theme for you, basically from the day you got this job, right? There was going to be no rebuilding. There was going to be no such nonsense. It was going to be about getting guys who gave four or five years to this program, you know, at least the opportunity to go out in a bowl game. What can you share? There must have been some serious emotion as some of those seniors got to share their sentiments at your banquet this weekend because uh, seniors was just feels like one of the themes of your season, and, I, and some of them have joined us and told us how much it meant to them. Yes, it was a one, wonderful banquet on Saturday night, and Greg Ellis is just uh, hes a superstar on and off the field, and I just love him. He's like a family member, and he sent a great message, and sitting there at about 6'6", 290, he gets your attention. Yeah. I might not have been as good a coach as I remembered. I just said, yeah. good job, Greg, uh, when he was in there. But uh, seniors are important. I hate it when guys are taking jobs now and they're talking about rebuilding and they're throwing the seniors out. That, that's those guys' last chance. And I promised them that, uh, that they should not make plans for the holidays a year ago. We had our ups and downs, but the, they've done what we asked them to do. And I wanted them to be honored at the end of the year. So it's it's uh, this is a special group of seniors. And I told them the Corey Holidays and Rick Steinbachers and and Tommy Thigpens many years ago came in at one and ten, yeah, and left at ten and two. And I'm expecting these seniors to start us on that same run. His name is Mac Brown. He's headed to another bowl game, Tar Heels against Temple, December 27th. Of course, catch more of Coach Brown on Wednesday as the Tar Heels celebrate what sounds like it's going to be a, a wonderful National Signing Day in Chapel Hill. Coach, thank you, as always, for the time on the David Glenn Show. Happy holidays to you and Sally and your team and your staff. Thank you very much, David. Thanks for having me on, and happy holidays to everybody. You got it. Coach Mac Brown from the North Carolina Tar Heels. Mac is back, part two. Man, I had a front row seat for part one. I was there at his introductory press conference, I guess at the end of the 1987 calendar year, and I covered those one in ten teams. His first two Tar Heel teams won one game each and lost 10. I believe one of those years they went winless in conference play, which does not happen to ACC schools very often. And after 1-10 and 1-10, and and it was nothing but winning records the rest of the way. It was eight straight winning records culminating with that 11-1 uh, season in 1997. Of course, that was the springboard for him personally to take the Texas job. He won the national championship with the Longhorns. Back in 2005, an undefeated 13-0 Texas team that won the Rose Bowl. Lots of other great success. I asked him, I asked him that bowl practice question because if you go from all the way from 1992 to 1997, it was six straight bowls with the Tar Heels. And then from 1998 to 2013, it was, what is that, 15, 16? 15 out of 16 years he took the Longhorns to bowl games. So he hardly knows what it is like to not have those extra bowl practices. But remember, some in our backyard, including ECU and Duke and NC State, they do not have the benefit of these extra practices as you look forward to whatever is awaiting you in the year 2020. 1-800-849-2761. Appreciate Sam Washington of North Carolina A&T dropping by earlier as the Aggies are headed to the Celebration Bowl. That one is this coming Saturday. 
I have to wait until the following week for Mac Brown's Tar Heels to take on Temple up in the D.C. Annapolis area. 1-800-849-2761. Bowl season is almost here. The NFL offered Week 15 action. Army-Navy was among the headliners in college football. The Lakers and the Bucks led the best of the weekend vote among NBA teams. Former Kane Eric Stahl, but also the Canes collectively, were best of the weekend for their performance thus far on their Western road trip. UNC Greensboro in defeat, NC State and Wake Forest in victory were among the best of the weekend in college hoops. The UNC Tar Heels losing at home to Wofford was a worst of the weekend. The Carolina Panthers fell to 5-9. and nine. They were a worst of the weekend as well. The Patriots, the Cowboys, and the Raiders, for different reasons, got worst of the weekend votes as some teams punch their ticket to the NFL postseason, as Tiger Woods and Team USA are getting a lot of love for their comeback victory at the President's Cup. Eli Manning and the New York Giants, that is an otherwise unnoteworthy team, but it did provide a best of the weekend. More on that story with more of your phone calls. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe this weekend and what made it that? What was the worst thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that? And one thing I promised earlier and I forgot to fill you in on, there is a huge official announcement this week regarding the future of professional sports in the great state of North Carolina. We have one of the best blends of top professional leagues already. We're about to get even better. That story with more of your best and worst of the weekend phone calls, questions, and comments, and, of course, your votes are welcome on the other side. 1-800-849-2761. We also will announce our 2019 Big Tailgate Tour, Tailgate of the Year honoree, this hour on today's program. The new College Hoops AP poll is out. I told you Kansas is number one. North Carolina is no longer in the top 25. You know, the last time the Tar Heels of Roy Williams were nowhere to be seen in the top 25, it's been a while. I'll give you that update as we come back to your calls next on the David Glenn Show. The great difference between sport and capital E Entertainment and capital S Sport is that we don't know the outcome. And that feeling of uncertainty, positively or negatively, is unique. We are quoting Bob Ryan the way I would quote, you know, Aristotle or Confucius. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Coming from, from Southeast Ohio, it's... It's a very, very impoverished area, and the, the, the poverty rate is almost two times the, the national average, and there's so many people there that, that don't have a lot, and I'm up here for all those, all those kids in Athens and in Athens County that you know, go home to not a lot of food on the table, hungry after school. You guys can be up here, too. You guys can be up here, too. That was the Heisman Trophy winner, Joe Burrow, now of LSU. Later this month, you'll catch him in the national semifinals, leading the Tigers against the Oklahoma Sooners. Of course, great matchup in the other semi as well, with Clemson taking on Ohio State. Great message from Joe Burrow as he collected the Heisman and gave his acceptance speech in New York City on Saturday night. That and his message were among the best of the weekend votes coming from the college football world. You can be next. Lines open for the first time in a long time. Mac Brown of the Tar Heels just dropped by. You can follow the legendary Carolina coach by dialing 1-800-849-2761 right now. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that? What was the worst thing you saw and what made it that? I did promise a couple of updates, but we can jump back to your calls. Carolina basketball. 
basketball worst of the weekend, NC State and Wake Forest basketball best of the weekend. The Cowboys had a big win over the Rams. Eli Manning and the Giants, while completely not noteworthy for most of the traditional reasons, did get best of the weekend votes this weekend. It was, quote, only a victory over the lowly Miami Dolphins. But... The two-time Super Bowl champion quarterback, in remember for the former Duke star Daniel Jones, who is battling minor injuries. Eli did get the curtain call in New York while the Giants were beating the Dolphins, and it was 36-20, to meaning that the Giants' offense had something significant to do with that victory. He got the curtain call. He was taken out of the game in the midst of that double-digit win. And, yes, many of the same fans who have booed Eli Manning mercilessly in recent years as the Giants haven't been very good collectively and he often wasn't very good personally, many of those same fans did give him a fantastic standing ovation near the end of the Giants' victory over the Dolphins. For some, that was a best of the weekend. Whatever you think of Eli as a Hall of Fame candidate, he is a two-time Super Bowl champion. He is an incredible class act off the field and in the community. So we raise our glass in honor of Eli Manning. Whatever is next for him, in all likelihood, of course, that was his last home game as the starting quarterback for the New York Giants. Nothing is written in stone, but nobody expects him to be back with the Giants next season if he plays in the NFL at all. 1-800-849-2761. What was the best thing you saw? Carolina Hurricanes for many. What was the worst thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe? And what made it that? Our big tailgate tour tailgate of the year announcement is later this hour. More of your phone calls now with one of the things I promised. 1-800-849-2761. I've often described our state's sports culture. As we come at you with the David Glenn Show live in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns. It's about as good as anywhere I've ever been. I would never, ever take a job in a state that is almost all college sports, although I love college sports, I have no interest in living in most of those same states, but I have no interest in just talking college sports 99% of the time. In, in fact, when I had conversations with various formulations of what this radio show might be for this network or this broadcasting partner, I didn't want to be all ACC all the time. I didn't want to be all college sports all the time because I believe what we have here in North Carolina is as good as it gets. And whereas, you know, in Alabama or Nebraska or a whole lot of other places in between, it's almost all college sports. And I have lived in Philly where I grew up. I have lived in Miami. I temporarily lived in places like Tampa and Atlanta, which, of course, are among the larger cities in our country. It varies a little among the cities I just mentioned, but certainly Philly, where I spent the first 17 years of my life, it is almost all pro sports almost all the time, including in sports radio. So I've talked to advisors over the years who say, well, DG, you could take a job in this top 10 market or that top 10 market. And I've always said, well, number one, we're statewide in the eighth most populous state in the country. We're not in a single market. We're in a lot of really big markets in a state where a lot of people care about pro and college sports. So, yeah, this city might be bigger, but we've got more than 10 million people in the state of North Carolina, so the demographics work well. But just as importantly, because we like to be excited about what we get to talk about every day, the blend of NFL and the Panthers, but also 
college football, the blend of NBA and the Hornets, but also Duke and Carolina and other prominent college basketball, the blend of NASCAR and golf, but also virtually everything else that we, we would want to follow. If you're somebody, as I am, who loves college sports and pro sports and doesn't want to be pigeonholed into one or the other, many markets in America, it needs to be something exceptional in a college market to talk about something pro-related or vice versa. If you're in one of the biggest pro sports driven cities, it must be March Madness with basketball or the college football playoff or something really, really big for you to just be allowed to talk about it in that market. It does get that extreme in those contexts. Well, here we are. What are we missing among the top sports? Again, even when you go beyond the team sports, we are the center of the NASCAR universe. We're one of the best golf states out there and host competitions at every level, including the next President's Cup, including the occasional major, right, including annual events on the PGA Tour and the Champions Tour and the Web.com Tour, et cetera. You all know the golf courses that are available across our great state. So we have a little bit of everything, and officially tomorrow – Major League Soccer is coming to the state of North Carolina. We've known about it for a while. I forget what month it was, but I talked to my favorite people in the, in the uh, soccer universe, the people that, whose word I trust the most. And the same day that I did that little whirlwind phone call tour, and they all said, now that David Tepper is throwing his money and his name and his weight behind Charlotte's bid, and these, some of the people that I trust this much implicitly are based in the triangle and were even a part of, some of them, Raleigh's efforts to get an MLS franchise. When some of those people said, we know MLS decision makers, we know Don Garber, the MLS commissioner, we know the other people in his brain trust, he really likes billionaires who are passionate about soccer and have a stadium plan to go with it. So David Tepper, not all that Long, the Panthers owner in the NFL, David Tepper's throwing his $12 billion behind the Charlotte bid for the MLS. It is going to be a formal announcement tomorrow that Charlotte is the newest MLS expansion city. And this just came out earlier today. The expansion fee, this, this is crazy to me. I knew this was coming, but for example, the most recent MLS expansion teams paid $200 million. That's a lot if you know the history of Major League Soccer because roughly around the turn of the century, they weren't sure that Major League Soccer was going to work. I don't mean excel. I mean exist. They were folding franchises. There were alarm bells surrounding their economic model. Oh, all these kids love to play soccer, but their parents are not going to games or buying season tickets or the sponsors aren't as mesmerized with being a part of that economic model as you see with all this grassroots participation. It's one thing to play. It's another thing to build the right economic model, especially in a country where, remember, we're spoiled when it comes to team sports. What is the number one professional basketball league in the world? And it's not even close. It's the NBA. What is the number one American-style football league in the whole world? And, of course, there aren't many competitors, but it's the NFL. What is the number one professional baseball league in the world? There are a couple other good ones, but there's no doubt. It's Major League Baseball. So in a country 
where sports fans are spoiled. Well, of course my favorite league is the best league in the world of its type. Could you get enough people to fill stadiums or watch on TV or both and the sponsorship required to go along with that economic model? Could you do it in a sport where Major League Soccer could never claim to be a top five league in the world and in its earlier stages couldn't even claim to be one of the top ten leagues in the world? I mean, you all know the most famous ones. The Premier League in the U.K., is either the best or one of the best every year. Bundesliga in Germany is one of the best every year. La Liga in Spain, one of the best every year. Serie A in Italy, one of the best every year. The French League is pretty good. There are others. Turkey is pretty good. Uh, you know, China and Russia have jumped in with their own leagues. Major League Soccer wasn't even in the top 10 in the world for a while. And in a country where we expect the best, especially in sports... They weren't getting the sponsors they needed. They were not getting the attendance they needed. They were not getting the TV numbers they needed. Fast forward, they're still not getting great TV numbers, but attendance is great. And many of these franchises have become so successful that the cost of the expansion franchise went up to $200 million for this most recent round. You know, Austin, Texas is one of the more recent ones. Sacramento is one of the more recent ones, et cetera. And they're going to begin play over the next several years. Charlotte is in, and the brand-new record for expansion fee, and David Tepper is going to be the one to pay it, $325 million. Two decades after, you, they couldn't have charged you a dollar for an expansion fee because some of the existing franchises were closing their doors. There was no economic model to be attracted to. Enough other things have gone really, really well, and they are filling stadiums. You know, the Atlanta franchise which is owned by Arthur Blank, the same guy who owns the NFL's Atlanta Falcons. That new Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta houses both of those teams. So again, the MLS fell in love with the mega-billionaire owner. There are rich people behind Raleigh's bid and some of the others that have fallen short to this point. There's still finalists for when the MLS expands beyond 30 someday. But the MLS's publicly stated number was 30. And now Charlotte makes it 30. And what does it do to our sports culture? I don't know what your prediction is, Darren Vaught. I would not expect, and I've talked to colleagues in other markets around the country, large and small, that have the MLS. Do you all get, like, a lot of conversation about soccer in your market? Usually the answer is no. Like, Philly has a franchise. Boston has a franchise. Do you really think the MLS franchise is drowning out the Patriots and the Red Sox and the Celtics, et cetera? Do you really think the MLS franchise is drowning out on sports radio, you know, the coverage of the Eagles in the NFL or the Phillies or the Flyers or the Sixers? No, but when you look at the economic model, the MLS is no longer just this little kid. The MLS is dramatically different than what it was in the 1990s. There are all sorts of stadiums being filled. Sponsorship money has gone up dramatically. Again, it's still not great as a TV product, but beyond the big three in our country, the NFL is still the king by a lot. No matter what measuring stick you want, the NFL is printing money, folks. Through some rough patches, yes, but printing money. Next tier, NBA and Major League Baseball. They have different trends, right? NBA trends younger, MLB trends older, but they are both incredibly lucrative to this moment. 
Some people who have turned the page on baseball have no idea what they're talking about, about the popularity of that sport and many of those franchises. So the NFL is by itself on the first tier. NBA and MLB are kind of by themselves on the second tier. And Major League Soccer has grown to the point where in some measuring sticks, it's right alongside the National Hockey League. So as a statewide show here at the David Glenn Show, isn't it just one more thing to be excited about? We have the NFL. We have the NBA. We have the NHL. Now we're getting MLS. Personally, I would have rather seen it in Charlotte. I mean, Raleigh, because that's where I live, than in Charlotte, where the announcement is going to come tomorrow. That's just me selfishly. I'm a little jealous. I mean, they have the NFL in Charlotte and the NBA in Charlotte and the MLS in Charlotte. We have the NHL, and we have a far better college sports culture in the triangle than they have in Charlotte for sure and most other markets across our state. But the blend continues, right? The best that pro sports has to offer and the best that college sports has to offer. And our state, you can't tell me that there are, that it's not one of the half a dozen best states in the country when it comes to blending the best of college sports and the best of pro sports. The only thing we're missing is Major League Baseball. What else are we missing? I can't think of anything important that we're missing in the state of North Carolina. And I love our minor league baseball traditions, and I love our college baseball excellence, ECU, UNC, Wake Forest, NC State, and otherwise. I'm not complaining, but that's the all, isn't that the only hole in our map? We're not going to get a Major League Baseball franchise in North Carolina probably in my career. I'm closer to the finish line than I am the starting line when it comes to 33 years in the sports media world. But someday, right, aren't, we are the most populous state without Major League Baseball, and we were the most populous state without Major League Soccer. So, you know, at some point, numbers matter a lot. At some point, demographics become overwhelming. And if you're Major League Soccer and you're looking seriously, just, you know, a bunch of kindergartners could look at a map of the United States where there's demographic information supplementing the map. Oh, well, the biggest hole, at least in the parts of the United States where people actually live in significant numbers, the biggest hole was the Mid-Atlantic, right? There was MLS to our north and MLS to our west and MLS to our south. And there was nothing in the Carolinas. And, and Major League Baseball, by the way, has a similar map. The biggest hole in the United States on the MLB map where people actually live again. There's a whole, there's a whole lot of less populated turf out in the Midwest and the farther west. But where people live, the biggest hole in the MLB map is the Carolinas. How, how long does it take us to drive to a Washington Nationals game to our north or an Atlanta Braves game to our south? Well, it depends on where you live in our statewide audience but it's a relatively quick drive but it's not right around the corner you're not getting to a Braves or a Nationals game in less than what four hours depending on where you live again in our statewide audience the MLS is filling that hole and it also fills one of the only remaining holes on the state of North Carolina sports map we're getting the MLS the only variable and I don't think they'll be able to announce it tomorrow is when Charlotte will begin active play in Major League Soccer. Unlike some other expansion franchises who are still waiting for their facilities to be built, Charlotte's ready. I mean, they're going to use Bank of America Stadium. Now, you may have read recently, David Tepper is somehow getting $100 million plus out of the local government there. And yes, in the longer run, he has plans 
for a new stadium that will house both the Panthers, the NFL franchise he owns, and the new MLS franchise that he is about to own uh, with the $325 million expansion fee. And remember, that's before you pay anything else. That's before you hire a coach, hire players, or, or handle the day-to-day -day operation uh, expenses of any professional sports franchise. It's a big day. And one of the only remaining holes on our sports map is being filled. I view it as one of the greatest sports cultures in the nation getting that much better. The other thing I promised, and then last call for phone calls, and we will also give you our tailgate of the year honoree. The new AP poll is out. I did tell you that the Kansas Jayhawks are the new number one, and they are for the first time. For the first time, the AP poll has a fifth different number one team that had never happened before New Year's in the history of college basketball, or more accurately, I guess, the history of the AP poll, which dates back like 80 years. North Carolina today fell out of the national top 25 in men's basketball for the first time in almost six years. Remember, the Heels are only 6-4. and four. They dropped to that record after losing at home to Wofford uh, over the weekend. 68-64 to 64 was the final. Freshman point guard Cole Anthony did not play. Fellow starter Leaky, Pla Leaky Black did not play. Uh, credit to Wofford for the win. Tar Heels were a worst-of-the-weekend loser. Quick reminder, Roy Williams' best teams have a lot more talent than what you see even when this roster is healthy in Chapel Hill. We'll see how they fare, and we'll see who's healthy when the Heels visit Gonzaga, one of the very best teams in the country, this Wednesday night. If you lose at home to Wofford, I don't know who's going to get healthy and how quickly, but Gonzaga, if you didn't know, is number two in today's poll. So it goes Kansas one, Gonzaga two, Louisville is third, Duke is fourth, so plenty of ACC representation at the top. Ohio State, another team that recently beat Carolina, is fifth. The only other ACC teams are UVA at number nine and Florida State at number 19. The Tar Heels have dropped from the AP poll. 1-800-849-2761. Last call for phone calls on the other side. And our once a year and only once a year tailgate of the year announcement, the big tailgate tour driven by Continental Tire has come to a close. We give away tailgate of the week honors each week at our various stops at college football games across North Carolina. We give away one and only one tailgate of the year banner each year. We give away four free Continental tires to the winner of tailgate of the year each year, among other cool prizes. That announcement and a last call for phone calls next on the David Glenn Show. You like college football? It's Taj Boyd. Taj, how are you? Welcome I'm to good. the show. I'm good. Dave, man, I appreciate you having me on the show. I'm excited to be here, man. And excited for the question that you're going to ask. Mark Richt of Georgia, please stop taking our best high school football players, but otherwise, thank you for the visit. Last thing for Virginia Tech coach Frank Beamer. So do we. The David Glenn Show. Thanks, David. Appreciate it a lot. You got it. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. The Big Tailgate Tour, driven by Continental Tire, has been around for six years now. There have been dozens of Tailgate of the Week honorees. We have made lots of friends. We have lost count of the number of listeners who say it's great to finally see you in person after years, perhaps, in some cases, of listening to the David Glenn Show. Always fun to put faces with names, the handshakes, meet the family, etc. We meet yours. We hope you've enjoyed meeting us as well. It is time for that announcement, Darren. Once a year and only once a year, we hand out our grand prize, the tailgate of the year. We gave you the finalists one week ago today, and we love each of those four. Our friends at Elon 
were a repeat finalist, but remember, they already have a tailgate of the year banner to fly, and nobody can ever take that away from you. We shout out the four finalists again, Darren, and remember, I'm just saying the names of the finalists to give them one more batch of love. Brandon Freeland of Greensboro and the Fish Frying Aggies of North Carolina A&T. Tim and Diane Hensley of UNC. The Elon 7 a.m. tailgate guys, David Oakley, Brian Martindale, David Rich, and Mike Cross have become really good friends of our program. And the touchdown trailer tailgate at Wake Forest, Adam Carpenter and Dan Newcomer. The envelope, please, after our staff collected our votes, and again, reinforcing that we love all four finalists. We're just allowed to give only one set of brand new Continental tires to the grand prize winner. And it is the first ever winner from Wake Forest University. Shout out to guys that we first met in 2014. The first year of the Big Tailgate Tour, driven by Continental Tire. Darren, they loved us even before anybody had any idea what the Big Tailgate Tour was. That was not officially a part of their resume, but Adam Carpenter, Dan Newcomer, and the touchdown trailer tailgate right there near BB&T Field in Winston-Salem. It is prime turf for tailgating. They've got all the food and the beverages you could possibly want, and most importantly, they know how to, they know how to have fun. They have treated us incredibly well, basically, for six straight years. Let's mark it down. NC State has a tailgate of the year winner in the form of Steve Young in the Upper Deckers. They have prime real estate right there in the RV lot near Carter-Finley. Can't take that away from Steve. He was our original tailgate of the year honoree. Jimmy Roster and the Connor crew at, at ECU. The Elon guys won the tailgate of the year honor. And flag, they fly their flag with great pride. Judd Huffman at App State. Charles Epps and the Eagle Alley tailgate at North Carolina Central University. They are the only other five tailgate of the year honorees. Congratulations to Adam Carpenter, Dan Newcomer, their family and friends. They call it the Touchdown Trailer Tailgate. I believe they have a nickname for that that I will leave off the air. Wake Forest enters the ranks of true champions with this tailgate of the year presented by our friends at Continental Tire. Final thoughts and TV picks as we thank all Tailgate of the Week entries and honorees next on the David Glenn Show. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in, in any way. Yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. But I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show.